OMG is another episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And I'm Ara. So, uh, it's been a couple weeks since we recorded. It's been many lifetimes since we recorded. Right? It, it feels seems. like a long time, because I was, I was gone for a while doing some stuff. And uh, I actually, you know, I was gone in San Francisco this whole time. You know, you travel the globe so much now, I can't even keep track of what yeah. cities you're in and out of. Well, work keeps me busy. But what was interesting was that I had actually, I don't remember if I said this on a previous episode or, or maybe I just said it to someone in passing, but I was like, this is great. When the PS4 releases, I'm going to be in San Francisco and surely they're going to have their big like grand launch at the Sony Metreon. Yeah. So uh, how'd that go? So you know what the Sony Metreon is, right? Like I don't need to explain it to you. It's a mall owned by Sony. Yeah, and it has a Sony store in it. So it's sort of like where you would expect them to do their big stuff. I bet that store doesn't have to pay rent. Uh, maybe, maybe. But what's interesting is it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> Apparently Sony's doing so well that they got rid of their flagship store. <laughs> uh, or maybe it was because nobody ever buyed anything there because everything was uh, marked up to magical uh, Sony wish price yeah, levels. It- I, I do wonder if they ever sold a lot. But what's it, you know, the stuff we talk about, video games, has like a very specific MSRP. Very, it's rare. Well, yeah, they had, they had the video games downstairs, and then they had the, the bizarre lines of Sony products that you could never showroom in any other store other than like the flagship store. That was on the top floor. Yeah. And of course, they, those things were probably exclusively there because no legitimate or uh, reasonable or rational retailer would ever attempt to sell, you know, things like a, I don't know, an old LED screen that's 10 inches big or something for $2,000. But I digress. Yeah. So anyway, having the big launch in San Francisco, like they had one launch in the U.S., the official launch, and it was very close to where the Sony Metreon used to be, that a GameStop right by the, uh, the Powell Street BART station, which I happened to be going to at just that time. And uh, I was like, well, I am going to stop by and see what's going on. And, uh, you know, I should post this on our Facebook page. I, I took a picture with Octodad. He was there. There was also a lot of other characters um, on on site. And they had the street team giving away little necklace tchotchkes and things. And I talked to people in line there. And, I, you know, there's a lot of people waiting there all, all day. It was like 6 p.m. when this whole thing started and uh, releases at midnight, of course. And so I just started trying to chat it up with people online. And the first guy I talked to and I asked him, like, so what, what games are you going to get? It was like his eyes glazed over like a deer. Because nobody cares everybody crazy for hardware. Yeah. And he, he probably was just someone buying it to resell. But what's interesting is they're, <laughs> they're on the market for the PS4, which is completely contrary to what I was telling people on this show just a couple months ago. Well, not right now, but I think that that's mostly because of the problem. Well, there, there haven't been that many problems. There, there was a lot of stuff about... When you're ready to move on to talk about problems, I may change your mind. Okay, fine. So, so let me finish the story at least. So I'm there on the opening day, and this guy basically had no idea. And he, he didn't look like some old dude or some... some Did he look like, like somebody who foreigner. could play a video game yeah, in his life? Yeah, your, your classic white... 20s dude oh okay so i'll just venture to guess that he's just so accustomed to living in his basement that it's really like not common to meet and actually talk to a human being yeah i don't person. know but he, he didn't seem like someone who would be antisocial. but in this case just didn't have anything to say really so i asked a couple other people and and most importantly i actually asked uh the street team guy who was tending to the line near me at the time you know i asked him what it what do they expect the hit games to be? And he said, Killzone and Knack. And, and what? Knack. It's the Mark Cerny game. The platformer. Okay. Anyway, according to what I've been reading... I guess he had plenty of time for that in between architecting the PS4. Exactly, right? And so I'm, here's the thing. That game has not done very well. And, and that's one of the few games I saw at the Sony store earlier that week. Uh, which, by the way, they had the PS4 playing right next to the PS3 with God of War, which seems a little irresponsible, by the way. Rated M game playing at the store where little kids were playing. But um, 
God of War on the PS3, whichever version it was, I think it was Ascension, that's probably the latest one, looks beautiful and looks no worse than the stuff that's on the PS4, uh, which is fascinating to me because in this in this particular console age the, or this new generation, like it's not there's not really anything to go off of now. There's no differentiator graphics, right? I mean, there's behind the scenes, it's like easier to program for. And maybe it has, I don't know, a better uh, network infrastructure and stuff. But when it comes to games people are actually playing, the only, between the PS3 and the PS4, it's just graphics and creativity from developer to developer. Well, that's, not... that's always been the most salient difference, right? But now even those differences are getting smaller yeah, and but, smaller, aren't well, they? Well, exactly. But, I mean, you talk about, like, the, uh, the Super Nintendo to the Nintendo 64, you introduce 3D. Because, I mean, technically that was on the Super Nintendo as well. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, this new system brings in the, this new age of gaming, stuff that we didn't do before. The PlayStation had, had brought, like, the same 3D to to gaming and that hadn't existed previously and then with this last generation it was sort of like the the final or the proper refinement of networked gaming so a lot of like finally you can play with your friend who's across the country or lots of people they don't have to be in the same room not to mention the graphics didn't really look like junk anymore yeah that's true it's getting harder to make categorically novel leaps now isn't it yeah so now like if graphics are really the big thing they can do, uh, maybe one day they'll throw in some better physics too. Um, I'm just not, I'm not seeing it at all. And the, I guess like the only game I'm even like itching to buy a little bit is Assassin's Creed 4. And I hate that idea because I prefer to have a, an exclusive, like some sort of console exclusive, something that shows off that console. And uh, there's, there's nothing that's good anyway. Apparently Knack and Killzone are not doing terribly well in the reviews and all that. So I didn't buy those. I have bought nothing for the PS4. I've got Rezogun or Rezogun or whatever, which you should play, by the way, because you love shooters, uh, and Contrast, the two free games to PlayStation Plus members. But I haven't bought a damn thing. Uh, and I even have $20 in credit. That uh, I got 10 with the thing, and I bought $10 of PSN credit the other day. Nothing to use it on. Um, have you purchased your yet for PS4? What do you mean? The PSN uh, to, network to thing? play online, yeah. Well, I already had PlayStation Network. Oh, that's right, because you pay for it anyway. You pay it once and you get it on both, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one network for all the devices. Yeah, so suddenly for the first time, right, I'm faced with this proposition because I'm accustomed to playing Gran Turismo online for free. So now I'm like, man, well, no, wait a minute. I don't have to deal with this yet. That's totally true because it'll come out on... Okay, I'm not really clear on this, actually, because now that the PS4 is coming out, are they going to charge you to play online on the PS3, too, or are they going to leave it alone? I, I believe, and I don't know for sure, uh, we should probably be the authorities on this. But we, we should, but... Um, I believe that they're not changing it for PS3, and it's only on PS4 that you're going to have to pay to play online. That makes me even happier that Gran Turismo 6 will not be coming out on the PS4. Yeah, that's that's one thing, actually, that you can give to Sony is that... They've sort of taken the stance that they're not doing anything that would, well, they're F, not, they're not the putting in, cost. yeah, that would piss people off. Like, they're not breaking existing expectations. Uh, the PS4, you know, they didn't change any of the rules about how you can play your games or putting in license rules and all that crap. Um, they've done a pretty good job of that. And so I don't know for sure if that's how they're dealing with PSN on PS3, but I think I read that, that it's only going to affect PS4 and presumably other future hardware. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. So anyway, I was there for the launch. It was funny because nobody seemed to care much about the games. This one one guy was very, very excited. He's just a gamer. He's going to get everything kind of like me, right? Um, and he's just going to buy all the games. So cool, whatever, if that's what he's into. Um, you know what really stood out in my mind? Because I listen to a lot of radio. And... I'm sure this is not the first time this has happened, but I was really struck by how many news reports there were announcing that a console product is being released. And a PR, I don't know why that's news, really. I'm, I mean, there's so many other products that are big too that come out every once in a while that aren't news items, so I don't know why this is somehow a news item. But 
they were, I mean, it was like every few hours on all the stations. It was like, oh, Sony PS4 is coming out, blah, blah. I feel blah. like it's that every generation. It probably is. But it just made me think, why, why, are these, why are the consoles? Because they're not real stories. They're actually just PR stories, you know? Uh, well, yeah. And I'm sure Sony worked really hard to get all that stuff. Yeah, it's good advertising. But um, yeah, I've got another. I've got nothing to say about that. They they did a good job of announcing it, and uh, I'm sure we're going to hear and see the same thing tomorrow and on Friday. Uh, but I, I've you know I've been writing a lot, like Facebook. There's been a lot of discussion about this on on my amongst my Facebook friends anyway, and I've I've said a couple times, you know, I've got the PS4 and I'll be getting the Xbox and. There is a game coming out on the Xbox launch that I'm really excited about, um, but it's not for the Xbox. It's Super Mario 3D World that comes out on the same day. So that's what I'm interested in playing. Friday. Uh, yeah, it comes out on Friday. So I'll actually, we're recording this on Wednesday. I'll get the Xbox tomorrow night, you know, at midnight, which is Friday. And then the next day, I'll go get Super Mario 3D World somewhere. And you'll proceed to not play your Xbox. Yeah. Well, pretty much. Um, I do want to play Killer Instinct because that is supposed to be awesome. Um, a friend of mine who works at Microsoft's actually had his Xbox One for months now. And he didn't, he didn't tell me until like last week. He's like, yeah, I couldn't talk about it. Now I can. Um, and he's been playing all the games. And he loves the whole like television interaction with it. And he's really happy with it. Um, yeah, I can't wait for mm-hmm. Killer Instinct to come out so we can have this conversation that has uh, been stewing. It's supposed for a to while. be really good. It, it really is supposed to be good. So yeah, we'll see about that. I'm excited about it. Uh, anyway, let's go to break. So much more to talk about. We'll be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we are back. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Featuring the now softly speaking Aura. <laughs> a little more quiet this time around? I'm, uh, I'm going to try and keep it together so that uh, I can take care of our listeners' eardrums. We'll I think they're appreciative of that. So far. So uh, I will soothe those very same eardrums with mention of UAT.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. You should visit them. Because okay. they're soothing. So now I would like to talk about the uh, broken PS4s. Sure. Th- this is what's been making all the news. Yes, big news. There is something specific I'm very upset about, but I actually haven't heard a lot of reports of this. Well, actually, no, I think someone, well, someone in what's one the, of my... What's the specific thing? Uh, I think it'll, you'll get into it. Um, okay. But, but there was one person in one of the Facebook threads that I was looking at that got just a, a DOA for... So, yeah, so this is really interesting because everybody knows there's some defects, but the real question is how many are there? Yes, that's. And I have done some research. So I'd like to report my findings. So Sony reported that there were, they've shipped about a million PS4s, yeah? And initially they said that there's been about 0.4% of shipped units that are defective. 
So for a million, that amounts to about 4,000. Yep. Now, the interesting thing is that later on, there was another news story about the same subject where a uh, Tokyo-based spokesperson for Sony said that the malfunction rate is less than 1%, which 0.4% uh, is indeed less than 1%, but it's there now, and it's they're getting a little bit vague about it, aren't they? And we all know about that whole debacle with the red ring and all that other stuff that happened in the past several years. So I was just kind of curious, and I was trying to see if I could find a way to estimate. Uh, can we actually do any better at figuring out uh, any reasonable estimate for how many, like what proportion of these are broken? So I go on to Amazon, right? And there's about, let's say about 3,200 reviews for the, game, for the uh, PS4 console on there now. And about 760-some of those were one-star reviews. So I start going through the one-star reviews. And uh, I'm, I, initially, I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to go through all 77 pages of these 700 reviews. Uh, but then I got bored after about number 200. So anyway, I counted in about 200 that were not specifically reporting that their PS for broke, or they were uh, high likelihood of just somebody being stupid, right? So you're saying the other 185 were all, my PS4 is broken? The all, yeah. So if we scale that back up, right, if my if 200 is my sample size, and we scale that back up to uh, the 762 reviews, then we get to about 700 that are reported broken. And on Amazon, that amounts to about 20% of people who decided to write a review. Now, we all know not everybody who buys the product writes a review, good or bad. Yeah, and that you're more likely to review if you're upset. This is probably true. I'll accept that to be the case. So, so I don't know. I mean... To actually find a real number based on Amazon reviews, I think, is a fool's errand. But well, look, if it, by any other metric, is even more of a fool's errand because I'm because nobody's giving anybody exact numbers. It's really interesting that even among the press, the press have received defective consoles. Yep. And that there was that kid who who got the uh, yeah check like, this out. play it early and then they weren't helping him. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to break this one down. So Sony did a promotion and they called it "Play the Future First. The whole point of participating in this contest is that you have a chance to get the PS4 before anyone else. And somebody won. Lots and of people won, but lots of people more than one. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was. I mean, not not hundreds or something, but I'm I'm pretty sure several people won that prize. Okay, so well, clearly, if that's true, I haven't done my research. But anyway, somebody who won it uh, didn't. Well, he got a broken one, and he's going to have to wait for his. And I know somebody at Gama Sutra got one that was broken. Somebody at IGN got one that was broken. And to add insult to injury, the people at IGN did this story, particular winner. And when they reported their thing as broken, well, there's PR people they can report to. So the PR people are like, yeah, we'll ship you one route right away. But this poor kid who won this contest, he's going to have to wait an indeterminate amount of time before he gets his. Yeah. I, and that's uh, pretty lame. I was commenting on, on this with someone and I, uh, I was just talking about how Sony doesn't understand customer service and modern PR. And like the right thing to do, if I was working in in a position at Sony where I could do something about this, right, on their PR team or some somewhere in Sony, the right solution is we get someone from Sony with a PS4. Certainly they have access to PS4s. Hell, take one that's already been used from the office and bring it to the kid to give it to him temporarily. But you get like me, whoever I am in, in Sony – get myself on a plane with a system that I know works, bring it down to him with a, a copy of every single game that we have access to with dollars and PSN credit. And then you go down there and you take video of you 
coming to the door and giving him, hey, here's your replacement. Got it to you as fast as we could. Now let's play some of these awesome games, right? And then take some cheesy stock footage of like him playing the game and, oh, my God, this is great, whatever. And then he would tell the story about how great Sony was and how well they handled the situation. But they're like, apparently everybody's calling customer service. Nobody can help him. Nobody knows how to help him. And nobody's willing to help him even when they find out about this. And I was like, just just send him one. Like you have access to plenty in your offices. Take one and send it to him. That would be fantastic PR. I would, I would get on the plane myself and never heard of anybody doing this. And I was like, what, what is so hard about that? Do you realize that the, the pain this is placing in your PR? Like, Maybe everybody's too busy doing damage control. Yeah. The cost of a plane ticket is nothing. Send somebody down there. Yeah. They need to kiss this kid's ass. Well, he does live in Olney, Maryland, though. Whatever. <laughs> he was in the middle of nowhere, right, Lori? Uh, well, he claims to be. I mean, I've been to Olney. It's um, so it's you, not like North Dakota, but it's not like <clears throat> Washington, D.C. either. It's plane ticket and a rental car. Big deal. Right? They have their Sony Android phones. They can use Google and find out where the kid lives. You know what? Your your words are impeccable. I have no possible way of disagreeing with yeah. that. But here's the thing that really is troubling to me is that... It's 0.4%. That's what's troubling. Because that's BS. That's way too high. One in 250 systems broken and them saying that meets expectations yeah. well, that's how much they're full ad- of it. That's how much they're admitting. I mean, they're not going to overestimate that in admittance. Anybody who thinks that is an acceptable defect rate for a piece of electronics... It's a lot. It's way too high. It's a lot. But then on the other hand, with the Red Ring stuff, they were saying that that was like 33 to 50% of consoles, which was yeah. insane. That was something that happened over time. It wasn't dead on arrival. Yeah, that's and, true, too. At least we got this, like, the chance to enjoy it before it died on us. Yeah, and it, it, it could have foreseen. You can test a system and see that it's broken. And, and I'm not trying to deflate the Red Ring issue. It was ridiculous. Yeah. But Microsoft took care of it by giving people three-year it warranties. It does seem really weird. Now— it does seem really weird that yeah, the, the great number of the issues that, that there's just simply dead on an arrival and it makes you wonder uh, how did they not test just turning it on right before packaging? Yeah. Like how did that – I mean did like they send them all to um, like I don't know like Yuri's like moving service where they like <laughs> sat on all the boxes and like threw them against walls before they actually delivered them? The crazy thing, though, is that the the manner of defects that we're seeing are incredibly diverse, and that's really surprising. It's not like they're all that are broken or dead on arrival. Some work for a day and then they stop working. Some work for three hours. Uh, some of them make um, interesting laughs. Uh, some of them start smoking. Some of them, the pins in the HDMI connectors are bent. It's a wide variety of problems. And the bigger the variety is, I think the worse it is. Yeah, because it's just a low standard of quality. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm glad there's nothing on PS4 that I really want to play, I guess. Mine works fine. Although I got to tell you, this, I, I would love to be able to keep mine in standby mode so you can like keep the controller charged all the time. And if it needs to download whatever, I'd like to let it download stuff. Um, yeah, but well, in, stand, let's, let's in standby mode... Let's talk about your experience some more because um, <clears throat> in standby mode, for me too. The fan is on and a really big LED that goes across the entire depth of the system is on, which I like when I'm using it. But in standby mode, I don't need this orange light on in my living room all day. But... Um, there's moving parts that are running in standby mode. I don't know if it's the hard drive or the fan, huh. but it's running. Me, I don't want it doing that for three weeks straight in between the play sessions that I might have with the system. Now, you're I'm calling standby mode like what's generally considered off with like the little red light yeah. on the PS3. Except it's not little on the PS4. It's a giant light. It's really big. It okay. is like seven inches wide. That's, that's um, great. It, I mean, it... Aesthetically, it's a cool design. Yeah, it's the biggest light ever produced on video game hardware. Yeah, perhaps. by the way, I could not find the power or eject buttons on this system when I opened it. I was like, wait a minute, how do I even turn this thing on? And I just sort of touched part of it by accident. Yeah. And you hear the beep, right? Like on the new Xboxes that just have touch sensors. How did you touch by accident? You're just sort of holding it. Like I saw something and I, I think I did press it on purpose, but I'm not sure if it was the first time I heard the beep. 
Um, I'll, I'll tell you more about the specifics of, of my using the system when we come back. And we will be right back. We are back, and uh, I promised that I was going to tell you a little bit more about my experience with the PS4. Do we want to make the whole show about PS4, by the way? Is that okay? I have a feeling like it's, it may or may not happen. Okay, well, you know, I don't, I don't have a ton to say, because like I said, I didn't even uh, buy any games for the system, but that well, means I got to... Well, what was it like just going through the menus and stuff? I mean, what so was that experience The interface like? blows. It blows. Yeah, it okay, is. Okay, but the... It's does buggy. it blow more or does it blow less? Uh, I kind of prefer the old one, but the old one was crappy too. Ooh, that's not a good sign. So here's the thing. One of the problems with the old one is that, so let's say I had a ton of games. It put all games in one vertical file. So like if you've got a bunch of them on the system, you just have to scroll through. Oh, yeah, which I never had a problem with, Yeah. Well, by the way. I mean, a lot of games are going to be on disk, right? But now... All the games are stored on the hard drive. They have to be, even if you have to have the disk in the system. But all the other games are going to be represented in the system. At least I assume they are. That if you if they're on the hard drive but not on disk, they're still going to be there. And so like you could choose it, but it'll say, put the disk in. But I'm not experienced enough to know if that's true yet. It might only appear if the disk isn't there. But certainly they're moving to a, a scenario where people are going to have a lot of games downloaded that they don't even need a disk because they're just buying them directly from PSN, right? And so now instead of a vertical line, it's one long horizontal line, but not just games. It's everything. And it does stuff like this, right? So there's... You're joking. No. But it, it auto-sorts them based on uh, how recently you used them. Um, not by alphabetical, not by anything else. You can't group them. So, so what other items are in uh, my list of things that uh, might not be a game? One that's always on the, on the way left is just what's new. And when you go in there, for me, it never loaded. It was always blank. One time it did load. And that's just like the stuff your friends are doing. Like basically it's what's been going on in your PSN world. Um, And uh, okay, so uh, there's another thing in there like TV and video apps. So like that's where you're going to find your Amazon Amazon Prime video stuff uh, where Netflix and Hulu Plus is going to be. And... What's interesting is, I'm trying to remember it exactly. There's something really weird about it. Like, let's say you used Hulu Plus. Then it's in that horizontal line of apps. So then you pick Hulu Plus. But instead of running Hulu Plus, it takes you to the TV and video grouping where you then have to pick Hulu Plus again. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Uh, And I tried this many times. It wasn't just a one-time bug. Uh, Also, I told you I put it in standby to let it download. So, like, I, I downloaded... Rezo Gun, whatever it's called, in contrast, but I also downloaded Warframe, which, which is a free-to-play game. So, and it's like four and a half gigs or something. So, okay, it's going to take a long time, a couple hours. I, actually, I got to say, download speed was pretty fast, but still, with that much data, it took a while. Yeah, we'll, so like, we'll see after... Uh, never mind, it's not... Well, I, I set it up to download, and then we wanted to watch some TV. So like we, we put on Hulu Plus, and it stopped downloading while Hulu Plus was, was on, which is not crazy considering the bandwidth uh, yeah, I would expect of Hulu so Plus. But then I put the thing in standby mode. And then the next day, I turned my system back on figuring it would be downloaded. Nope, it had failed to download. Also, it does this thing where it, it says, you know, X game is ready to install, even though you've only downloaded a little bit of it. Okay. Um, and supposedly, if you get a disk-based game, again, no experience here, but supposedly you get a disk-based game, you start installing it and you can play it while it's still installing because it takes a long time. Uh, but these games, the downloadable only games, this happened with Contrast as well, which took a long time to download. It says ready to install, and you try to install, and it just sits on a screen that says installing. 
Like I tried to let it sit there for minutes. It was like, it's not, it's not happening. And so I had to download the whole thing before it could actually install. And <laughs> it failed to download when it was in standby mode. I left it off, you know, standby for an entire day. I turned it back on and just had a little X in it. Wow. So it doesn't even seem like we can do a proper assessment yeah. of what it's, the interface is it's like not in the first properly. place. And then uh, also, so Warframe was still trying to download. And so it, what happens is it brings in this little like rectangle in the top left of the screen. It's like, uh, it's ready for installation, right? To let you know it's ready to install, even though, like I just said, installation is useless unless it's downloaded, right. at least in my experience with these particular games. Um so I, it must have been giving me that message. I didn't think much of it because it seems to happen all the time, uh, but presumably only once when you turn on the system. I went into Hulu Plus, and it started showing me that, that thing, and it makes a sound too. So like, ding, it's ready to install. And then it did it again. Ding, it's ready to install. And then it did it again. Ding, it's ready to install. I could not stop it. I had to turn the whole system off and on again. It just kept going. It just kept it going. really wanted to make sure you knew. Yeah, I took some video of it in case you really want to see this bug. Um, but it just kept happening. And the this fact that bad. I'm able to run, into, run across so many failures uh, to have some sort of proper interface is amazing to me. Um, the interface is more advanced than what I have saw, though, based on my experience in the Sony store, uh, which was like two weeks ago or something. Um, you can like, you can drill down. So there's these horizontal rows, but then, so it'll be like games and then you drill down and there's some games and you can drill down and there's like demos or something, but that's, that was the Sony like demo model at their store. And I, I can't imagine that being the case on a home system based on the interface that I saw. Uh, but maybe it does more than I know of. Right. Um, fact is, like the PSN store, still exactly the same, um, still exactly the same crap as it was before. Exactly, you mean exactly, exactly like it once does, you go into that app, it does look well, exactly the same. One, as one it thing did it on does PSN. better is it's like built into the OS, so you don't have to wait to connect as much. It seems the online component of it seems to be much more like baked in, for lack mm. of a better expression. But um, once you're there, the layout is exactly the same. It's still confusing. It's still hard to really find what you want. I, I am a PSN member. I am logged in, and it's trying to sell me PSN or pay, PlayStation Plus. <laughs> Don't you love that? All the time. There's a whole section for PlayStation Plus. I'm like, oh, great. I'll click on that. It'll show me the PlayStation Plus relative things or, or relevant items. But it's not. It's just here if you want to buy PlayStation Plus. I'm like, I, I'm already a member. I'm really, you know I'm a member. I'm really curious how... Well, I'm sure you don't like these things, right? These ads. I'm really curious how people in general receive this kind of hard sell. It's not even so much that I dislike it. Yeah. Like, that's fine that they do the advertising, but you are smart enough to know not to show it to me, right? There might be some little thing if I'm within a month of renewal, be like, hey, renew. If you renew now, you get a discount or renew now for a whole year, even though I do have a yearly account. Right. They certainly um, should be smart enough to know that. Yeah, but, but it's that's... an entire section, and it's the first section of the store, and it makes it seem like I'm getting something relevant for me, a PlayStation Plus user, but instead it is different content. That's what I don't like about it, that it's confusing about what I'm actually going to see. This just See, the thing is, I don't think that it's that they're not smart enough to do it. I think that this is just another indication of how just how behind the eight ball they are. Yeah, well, I agree. It's that they're not, they're not ready, which is strange to me because that particular thing and a bunch of other – like they've had a long time to work on this. It's not like they were forced to bring this out. They've, yeah, they've been working not, on PS4 for a long, long time. Enough, and I'm, I, it seems pretty clear that right, this, the same thing happened that happens a lot of times where the executives must be pushing the rest of the company – to push the product out for this season, right? Because it's it's either this season or next season. Yeah, I agree. And now we just have this halfway operational product because they decided, at least the executives, that it's it's so important to get the product out that all of these things can suffer and that's okay. Yeah. I didn't even talk about the fact that I couldn't even get on PSN for a while. But honestly, that's not much of a surprise. Um, 
However, after reading the advice of, I don't know, IGN or Kotaku or one of them, maybe it was Joystick, they're like, make sure you get this update on a USB key prepared for when you get your PS4. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting, trying to just connect yeah, let's, and download it. Let's talk about so, that a little bit. Like, what was the... So this I, day one update... I put it on the USB in advance. For, first of all, it worked really well. But, was your console operational before you could update it or before you wanted to um, update it? I didn't play around... No, I did... I played around to see if I could get online, but I had already, I had already read that you can't really do anything without the, without the day one update. But you can at least, according to what I read, play a game. If you buy a game, you put it in the PS1 without updating, without having access to the internet, you can play it. However, I don't know if you've been reading about the Xbox One. The Xbox One will not even play a game without the day one patch, which means if you don't have internet... You can't use the system, which is the big complaint everyone had from the beginning. Yeah, but we all know Microsoft doesn't care about people who don't have it. Yeah, but I want to know if Microsoft is offering to update systems at the store for people who don't have it. <laughs> I, tomorrow I'm going to be there and you're like, hey, can I update this in the store? Because, like, I don't have internet at home. I want to play some games. Well, are you, uh, are you saying that you're going to try this experiment? I should at least ask. No one's going to believe that I don't have internet at home. I think that that would be a wonderful experiment. Yeah, but it's... Like, are they not prepared for that inevitability? It's uh, it's really weird. Sony at least has a place online where you can download the file and all that. I don't know if Xbox does. I don't, or rather, I don't know if they don't have that. But I haven't been reading anyone online saying that you should get it ready. How, how big was, was that update on the USB, by the way? Um, I read that it was like 500, but it was actually 300. Megs. 300-ish. Yeah, megs. Um, so it didn't take very long to download. Um, one interesting thing, though, it's a 500 meg hard drive, and when you look at a fresh, nothing installed PS1, wait, let me got, let me guess, you have less than 400 available. No, but close, 409 of That's 500. Pretty damn close. <laughs> um, usually, like. For those who know anything about storage and whatever, you buy a hard drive that's 500 gigs, you really get like 480 gigs or something like that. But that's a lot of gigs that are gone. Yeah, oh, but also... 20% almost. I'm, I'm, I'm certain, especially since this whole thing is Rush City, that there's a lot of overhead with the system and all the other OS stuff it has to do, I'm, especially since they're, that part of the product is more complex than ever. Guessing, and I don't, I don't actually know this. I haven't read anything to this effect. I'm guessing that there's a partition used just for the constant video recording that happens on the PS4. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that the 409 gigs I see are 409 gigs that I can use for my games and stuff, not for, you know, encroaching on the, the 15 minutes of video recording that always happen. That's, yeah, that's plausible. Yeah. Sure, why not? We'll be right back. Are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we are back once again. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. I want to say before we keep going, uh, we've had some. Some problems with the audio and skipping and stuff, but we think we got that fixed. So 
half of the show is going to be skippy and crappy because we didn't want to record it again. And uh, not just we didn't want to. Like, recording a second time makes things fake. So there's reason for us to not want to record again. But now... Yeah, and the other reason is that I'm impatient. That, well, that too. But, but I want to go home. I mean, I'm a tired man. Uh, but I think it's better now, so that's awesome. Um, so knowing that, now that your ears can feel better about hearing the proper, proper sound of our voice, the tonal quality, um, take a minute, rest... And go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology, and enjoy your time. And then come back, come back and listen to the remainder of the show without the skipping. That'll be great. So we're talking about PS4, or we were, but we do want to move on to something else. Okay, check at this least. out. I have a related topic. Xbox One? Uh, close. Okay. Very close. But I don't want to talk about the Xbox One. I, I heard a news story the other day. That completely floored me. And I'm just going to tell you what it is. I'm, I, I don't know if this is news to you or what, but there was uh, there's this analyst, okay? And he's reported recently that by his accounting, basically the Xbox business portion of Microsoft has been losing $2 billion dollars Per year. I'm, I'm curious about the details of his accounting. Oh, of course. And I'm glad to provide you such details. So this is a long quote, but this is pretty uh, informative. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. And it works for this uh, firm called Nomura, by the way. So the analyst, uh, his name's Rick Sherland, said, if we start with the original, if we start with the overall traditional entertainment and devices division business that actually loses money before corporate allocations and back out the nearly $2 billion, 95% gross margin Android phone royalties. By the way, these Android phone royalties are royalties that Google owes Microsoft for having infringed on myriad of patents. Wait, so that's an asset. Not they, a liability. Basically, they're making gigantic margins on, yeah, on on these uh, Android royalties because of Google's previous infringements. Okay. Uh, so to continue, he says we conclude that Xbox platform plus Windows Phone and Skype lose about two point five billion a year, and we estimate that the Xbox platform may account for roughly $2 billion of this. I find that really hard to believe because they're still in the game. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, but what he's saying, right, is that they're basically, they've made up the difference and more through these massive royalties. So it doesn't matter in the overall balance sheet. But the thing that's crazy to me, if this is true... If this is true, this is like the world is uh, melting upon itself because what that implies is that the whole Xbox division has been operating in this kind of cap, like not even a capitalist, some kind of bizarre economic fantasy land where they can hemorrhage tons and tons of money and claim success despite all of it. Yeah, I and, and I don't, don't understand be, enough about what you read re- relating to those numbers. It, it it doesn't make sense to me that they could actually lose money. Look, basically he's saying that if it wasn't for the fact that they were making tons of money on these Android royalties, that ex- that Microsoft as a company Why is that overall, even included in the Xbox division? It's Android just royalties? well it's it's um let's see. It's because it's it's not included in the Xbox division. It's included in the entertainment and devices division. And I think what's happening here is that this is creative accounting to basically disguise uh, the alleged reality that Xbox has been hemorrhaging money just constantly the past however years, however many years. I don't even know how many years this goes back. Maybe this is just last year. Maybe this is a couple of years. Um, that part was never revealed. But... It kind of makes sense if you consider, okay, all of that red ring business that was actually reported 
to have cost Microsoft about a billion dollars. That wouldn't surprise me. Okay. And that on top of the whole, the connect thing, which we know, I don't think anybody really knows uh, how much they've spent exactly or uh, made off of connect, but I have the distinct impression that connect was a huge financial disaster. Remember when we were talking about it, when it came out and remember how we remarked that there were a few stories that reported that they spent so much money on advertising and promotion and marketing for it that they could have given a significant fraction. I don't remember the number exactly, but it was something like almost 30 or 50% of everybody who bought a Connect. Uh, if they had not done any marketing, if they had just given people free Connects, it would have been like almost to that amount. It's like they just bought their way into this economy and they don't have to make money and it's it's just crazy. No wonder the video game industry, especially consoles, seems to be falling in over itself. Because not only have, if this is true, not only have they not been making money, but they don't even have to make money. And if you're in a business where you don't really have to make money, well, what are you doing? But I think about how much money they make on, or they how much revenue they bring in for Xbox Live subscriptions. Yeah, that's a big one. And license fees and all that stuff. That's, that's what it one. is, right? That's a big one for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm really curious what that amount is, right? And how that accounts with all of this accounting. Every disc that is sold for that machine, they get a royal, they get a license fee for. And they didn't do a damn thing for that. In fact, they make money just by companies wanting to get their stuff like rated for the system, right? Yeah, that's true. Um, so there's tons of money coming in for them doing nothing. I mean, I mean, from building the infrastructure, which is costly, but like if someone sells 10 discs or sells 100 discs, that's just pure profit on their end. Yeah. Just well, extra license. There's a little bit of more info. Consider this. Apparently, there's uh, a bunch of candidates that are in line uh, vying for the Microsoft CEO spot to replace Steve Ballmer. Would right? you want that? Would I want what? Microsoft CEO. Would I want to be the CEO? Yeah, like that. You can't ask me a question like that, Alon. How how many have there been? Was it Bill Gates and then Bomber, or was there was has there been a line of people? I, 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 I haven't kept track. I, I I don't know if there's anyone between them. How how am I going to say no <laughs> to a question? How do how would anyone say no except for Steve Ballmer? Okay. Right. Anyway, one of the candidates is this guy named Stephen Elop, and. He has publicly stated that if he gets the job, he is going to sell off the Xbox division. So if that is not a very strong corroboration that these uh, these estimates have a lot of legitimacy to them, I don't know what is. That would... Because you, if you're an executive, you would not make any kind of claim or hint that you will sell off an entire division unless it's known that that division has been hemorrhaging money like crazy, right? Yeah, and that's, that's interesting. So just let's, let's bring it back to this show and video games. I had never heard this. I have not kept in tune with... Well, this was just from a couple of days ago, so this okay. is new news. So that would be absolutely crazy. Because, I mean, unless he's talking about selling it off to some other Microsoft entity... Like all of the branding around Xbox. I yeah, mean, but it would also mean, if this is true, that uh, Microsoft's going to make $2 billion more dollars next year. Well, no, it makes sense for them. But who, who could pick up that loss? Who, no one, if, if it's losing money, who would buy it? Right? It has some, some value, the brand. Yeah, fair enough. But if well, it has all these costs associated with it. Well, there's that too. Um, I guess the implication here is that just by them doing operation of that part of the business... That's where their $2 billion losses are coming but from. But think about it, too. They talk about how they've got 300,000 servers running Xbox Live now. Yeah, well, how much money does that cost? That's well, exactly, cost right? Of money, Lots right? of money. And that's a big investment. It's something like 10 or uh, 100 or 20, some ridiculous number times the amount that we're running for the Xbox 360 generation. Now they've got 300,000 servers running. So obviously that costs a lot of money. Um so if they were to just get rid of Xbox, sell it off, let's say nobody wants it, they get rid of it, then suddenly all our systems don't work. Well, I guess that would happen since they're going to the service paradigm, aren't they? Yeah. 
I mean, that, that would be crazy for us. I guess PS4 would be the clear winner. But um, I, I'm also curious what, like, I'm sure he would just let it stick around for maybe a reasonable time frame of three or five years and then just be like, all right, we're kind of done with Xbox. I don't know. It's really, I've never seriously considered what this economy or market would be like, or even just like my experience as a consumer, if Xbox was just completely out of the equation. I'll tell you one thing. How long has it been since I bought an Xbox game? Almost a year. Well, not, I bought like one or two XBLA games. The XBLA service has been dead in the water for a while. I don't think so. No, it, it has in terms of if you look at the games that they're putting out and the number of ratings they're getting, it really seemed like there were in the beginning of the, the, the beginning days, there were a few huge hits. And then it just, I mean, all the products that I'm seeing that are coming out on XBLA, they don't get a lot of ratings. And, well, and I mean, by my account, they're not very good either. Yeah. So I get the feeling like it's getting dead. It's dead if it's not or hadn't been already for a while. Well, I, I'm curious to hear what other people think. Go to our Facebook page and, and tell us uh, what what do you think would happen if Xbox suddenly disappeared? I assume we're going to have stuff like Sega would make another machine or Nintendo would step up. Well, the last like, thing I want to say is that this kind of explains the spot P- PS4 is in because it's kind of hard to compete with a company who's got $2 billion to spend and doesn't care. Well, I feel like Sony's been not caring about hemorrhaging money for years as well. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's so It sounds like too. Nintendo's the only company that knows what they're doing. And, yeah, that's that's hard to make that claim, too. Isn't it? All right, well, end of show. We'll be back next week when I'm sure we'll talk about Xbox One and how much its interface is probably awesome. problematic or something. Incredible. See you next week, guys. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.